Chains are gone. I've been set free. Been ransomed. You know, that's, that's the story, though. Isn't, isn't that one of the battles that we face as believers is, that, is, is holding on to that which we believe to be true? I mean, it's one thing to say that we believe that we've been ransomed and we've been set free and the chains are gone. It's another thing when we seem to tote them around all the time. Anybody toting around chains these days? Don't raise your hands, but I mean, it's pretty easy to tote around chains, isn't it? And to live in the bondage of the past. It's easy to, to live as if we're still under that penalty and the power of sin when it's when it's Christ followers, when we've come to say, I want to trust and follow Jesus, and we're not under that any longer. That we have a new identity, a brand new identity, and that's what we've been talking about over the, the past several weeks. And, you know, in talking about identity today, um, identity is really a funny thing because it makes you do crazy stuff. Uh, uh, identity or identi- identity with a certain group uh, has a lot to do with the way you do your hair, right? Or the, yeah, if you got hair, I mean, you know, <laughs> or the type of clothes you wear, right? Or maybe the type of car you drive or the place that you want to live, right? Yeah. Maybe it's the people, the type of people that you want to hang out with or the type of hobbies that you have. Identity really will do an, an awful lot of funny stuff to us. I mean, identity controls so much what we like, what we dislike um you know think about it the jock the cheerleader the science guy brandon what are you laughing about john brandon brandon come on you're not a jock you're more like the science guy right we go back a long way so I changed his diapers many years ago, so I can say that. (laughs) You know, the robot guy, the the, the robotics people, the musicians, the farmers, the, the, the guys who fish all the time or the guys who hunt, identity just, it does so much for us. Um, but thinking along those same lines, um, shouldn't that affect us? Shouldn't our identity? Shouldn't, shouldn't we come to accept a brand new identity when we come to trust Christ? I mean, shouldn't there be some things that are different within us because of our identity in Christ? That we're not any longer in the old, but we're brand, we're brand new? And it's amazing because that new identity, when we come to embrace and we see ourselves for who we truly are, it should, it should impact every part and every piece of our lives. I walked through the other day, and the kids were watching a movie on TV, and it was um, this movie about this young girl who, I guess, was estranged from her family. Her mother, she would move to the state. She was in, in this boarding school, or not a boarding school, but she was in a private school. And, and as far as she knew, she was just a normal, nerdy teenager, probably a sophomore or junior, um, and I think they called her at different times. They had different names, Clarice, I think at one time, Mia and Amelia. Um, but then there came the time that her grandmother wanted to meet her, and she was in town. And um, 
she wants to give her some information about who she is. Um, I think we can play this video clip. We're going to try, but I want you to watch this just for a second. We're going to pick it up as, as she's coming to the gate, getting ready to meet her grandmother for the first time, and her grandmother's going to share this information with her. Let's see if we can see this. Rainy day. Tours are on Saturday, young lady. I'm here for a meeting with my grandmother. Name? Clarice Rinaldi. Oh, uh, please come to the front door. Thank you very much. Get off the grass! Welcome, Miss Thermopolis. We've been expecting you. Um, oh, be careful. Please don't crush my soy nuts. Your soy nuts are safe. Okay. Right this way. Please, make yourself comfortable. to goose feathers. Hello, Amelia. I'm Charlotte from the Genovian Attaché Corps. Hi. It's nice to meet you. Um, where am I? The Genovian Consulate. You've got pears in your, your flowers. Genovian pears. We're famous for them. Oh. Now, if you'll sit down, she'll be with you in a moment. No, I don't need a moment. I'm here. Amelia, I'm so glad you could come. Hi. You've got a great place. Thank you. Well, let me look at you. You look so young. Thank you. And y you look so clean. Uh, <laughs> Charlotte, would you go and check on tea in the garden? Please, sit. Um, my mom said you wanted to talk to me about something to shoot. Oh, uh, before I shoot, I have something I want to give you. Here. Oh, um, thank you. Wow. It's the Genovian crest. It was mine when I was young. Ah, and that was my great-grandmother's. <laughs> I'll keep this safe. I will take good care of it. Now, what did you want to tell me? Something that I think will have a very big impact upon your life. I already have braces. No, it's, it's bigger than orthodontia. The tea is served, ma'am. Amelia, 
Have you ever heard of Edouard Christophe Philippe Gerard Rinaldi? No. He was the crown prince of Genovia. Hmm. What about him? Edouard Christophe Philippe Gerard Rinaldi was your father. <laughs> yeah, sure. My father was the Prince of Genovia. Uh-huh, you're joking. Why would I joke about something like that? No, no, because if he's really a prince, then I... Exactly. You're not just Amelia Thermopolis. You are Amelia Mignonette Thermopolis Rinaldi, Princess of Genovia. Me? A, a princess? Shut up! I beg your pardon? Shut up. Your Majesty, in America, it doesn't always mean be quiet. Here it could mean, wow, gee whiz, golly wallies. Oh, I, I understand. Thank you. Nevertheless, you are the princess. And I am queen, Clarice Rinaldi. That's really funny. That's really, really funny. But I want you to think about that in context of your heavenly father. See, some of us need to have that same revelation in reference to our heavenly father. Michael, I want to tell you who you are. I want to tell you who your real daddy is. I know you have an earthly father. But there was a time in your life when you said, I want to trust Jesus. See, she didn't become a princess because she thought she was a princess. She didn't become a princess because of her actions, but she came, became a princess because of who she was, because of who her daddy was. And how many of us in here have claimed to be followers of Jesus and claimed to be brand new in our identity in Christ and yet have, have failed to hold on to that identity and understand whose we truly are. Because there was a debt that was paid, and there was a price that was paid for us. And now, we aren't believers because of our actions. I mean, we're believers, we're followers of Christ, we're in Christ because of our faith in Christ, and now we have the privilege of living in that freedom living in that freedom no longer to have to live in the bondage of sin any longer sin is no longer our master but we have the ability to live in the freedom in the spirit and no longer under those laws which don't save us and that was where we sort of ended up last week if you guys will remember here's Paul and we learn Paul's coming to that conclusion that, man, the knowledge of the law doesn't save me. Obedience to the law doesn't save me. And in the midst of me understanding that I, I'm a follower of Jesus, there's still a wrestling that goes on. And you remember what he said last week? Oh, what a, a, a what? A miserable person I am. Oh, what a wretched man I am. Who will save me from this life that's dominated by sin and death? <laughs> wow, thank God. The answer is where? Is in my actions? Is in my works? It's in my efforts? It's in my good intentions? No. Where's the answer? 
It's in Christ Jesus. We want to pick it up today and we want to move into to chapter 8. And we want to see what, what Paul has to say as he begins to conclude this argument about brand new. That there's freedom and it, that freedom impacts every area of our lives. And it becomes not only impacting to our lives but those that are living in and around us. Um, and what does it look like for us to identify with this brand new life? And listen, today I think the word speaks an awful lot for itself. So if you will oblige me today, what I would love to be able to do is I would love to be able to, um, I would love to read a lot of God's word to you today. Wouldn't that be neat? Because I believe the Holy Spirit speaks to us. There's a lot of times, there's a lot of things that I can say, but I believe God's word speaks very clearly on its own. And so today, what we're going to do a lot of is we're going to read a lot of God's word. I'm going to read some from the Old Testament. We'll read some from the New Testament. We're going to stay focused here, though, in Romans chapter 8. But, but I think at the end of the day, what I want to do is just maybe finish up with some closing thoughts. But let's, let's start there in chapter 7. Let's go back and let's start in chapter 7. And let's read out just what we, what we said last week. That was very powerful for us to come to grips. That's maybe the first time some of you have ever acknowledged or said, Oh, what a miserable person I am. Even though you felt that, that may be the first time that you ever acknowledged that. And so what I want to do today is, is, I think we've got it, Susan, in chapter 7, verse 24. Let's go back and let's see if we can, if we can read that out loud. Just that, that little verse, those, those couple of verses that we, that we read last week as we closed out. And this is how it says, and re, if you can read this out loud with me, chapter 7, verse 24. It says, Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will save me from this life that is dominated by sin? Thank God. The answer is what? Is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I want to stop there and listen. That, and we said this last week, this understanding of our depravity, this understanding of our desperation is the place that grace shows up. This is where grace shows up. Because prior to this, there is no need for grace because you've got it under control. Prior to this, you have no need for God. But when you come to this place in your life, you recognize your sinfulness and you recognize your need, this is when God shows up and he says, now, now I can, I, can, I can get some things done in your life because all of a sudden you're depending on me instead of depending on yourself. So let me read from you as I continue on in chapter 25. And so Paul goes on to say, so this is how it is. Um, in my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. And then we, we find in chapter 8 where he says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. And look what it says. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. In just a couple of weeks, we'll celebrate what? We'll celebrate Easter. 
And during that time, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that He's no longer in the grave, that He is alive, and He sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. And He goes on to say in verse 4 that He did this so that, that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Remember that he's talking to followers. Remember that he's talking to believers here. And this is what he says in verse 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Or the NIV, the New International Version, says, says this. Have their minds set on what the nature or the flesh desires. So, let's stop here just for a moment. So, um, so let's ask ourselves... Dominated by the sinful nature, think about the things that uh, think about sinful things. What are some of the characteristics of the sinful nature? What are some of the desires of the flesh? For those of you that are Bible scholars, I want you to turn over. We'll turn through some passages, and I want to read to you today because sometimes we have a hard time identifying. Well, just what are some some of the characteristics? If you want to know if you're living in the flesh or if you're living in the spirit, I'm fixing to tell you, okay? Here Paul's going to outline it for us. I want you to look up a passage of Scripture in the, in the, in the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3 in the New Testament. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. Listen, since your person sitting next to you is probably a Bible scholar, you can just cheat off of them, right? Or not, you can just read with me out uh, up here. We'll have it on the screen for you. So let's see if we can identify some things here. And you just want to maybe make some mental things in here. Maybe what are some things that you identify with specifically from your own life? And so here's what Paul said. So put to death the sinful, the earthly things lurking. Don't you like that word? Lurking. Lurking within you. Okay? Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Okay, we understand that. And then look what he says. Don't be greedy. Do we have any greedy? Would anybody like to stand and say, I, have a, I struggle with greed? Yeah, I'm a greedy person. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. Worshiping the things of this world, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things. When your life was still part of this world before Christ, or before Christ, when you were in Adam. But now it's, it's time to get rid of the anger and rage and malicious behavior, slander and dirty language. Anybody told a dirty joke this week? No, don't raise your hand. Anybody want to point somebody out that told you a dirty, dirty joke this week? <laughs> don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off, you've taken off. <laughs> they cut off Brian's clothes yesterday. I had to cover him up. Gene, did you do that? You're not telling? <clears throat> Look what he says. Don't lie. You have stripped off. You've taken off, just like you take off your clothes, stripped off the old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. And he says, verse 10, put on your new nature, and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. That's really important. Because the more you get to know Him, the more you get to know His characteristics, the more you want to be like Him. Because who's your daddy? Steve, who's your daddy? Michael, who's your... Steve, who's your daddy? You know, Bill, who's your daddy? Wanda, who's your... Who's your daddy, Wanda? The more you want to be like Him, you want to identify with Him. 
Look at the, look in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. Here's, here's some more things that Paul has to say. Galatians chapter 5, and you can sort of keep your thumb because not only does Paul give us the, the characteristics of the sinful nature, he also gives us the characteristics of living in the Spirit. And we'll come, be coming back to those in just a little bit. But here's Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. Look at what he says here. When you follow the desires of the sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, they always start out with sexual immorality. Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling. No believers ever quarrel. Doesn't happen. Christians never quarrel. Why do people quarrel? Why do people quarrel? I want to prove my point, right? You know what Paul would go on to say? Maybe it was James that went on to say, why is there quarrels among you? Is it not because of your own selfish desires? That's what he said. Why is there quarrel? There is no quarrel where there's not two opposing sides. Quarreling. He says, he says quarreling, quarreling, fighting, quarreling, arguing. It's not of the spirit, it's of the flesh. You can be right and be wrong. Quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, enviness, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living, living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 19, this is what Paul would say. And I just want you to absorb all these things that have to do with the sinful nature. And hopefully some of you are categorizing, categorizing, marking off, listing, and thinking about the things that maybe you struggle with. I mean, I have some things on here that I struggle with. I don't, none of your business what I struggle with. I mean, but think about this, because... He says here in, in Ephesians 4, he said, With the Lord's authority I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they're hopelessly confused, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far away from the life of God, be, um, life of, that God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live their lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Now that, that word, um, their minds being set back in, in the NIV, has to do with, it means that they take their direction or their cues from. Their minds are being set on the sinful pleasures. In other words, they're taking their, their cues from that area. And, um, and, and that is when you identify with or you set your mind on the flesh or on the sinful nature. Um, it's at that moment of temptation that when you face that temptation, this is what you, you find yourself thinking. I know what God's Word says, but I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. You with me? See, I know what God's Word says, but I know what I feel, and I'm just going to do what I want to do. I don't really care who it hurts or because it's all about me. I really don't care. And that's the mindset on the flesh. And if you're a believer and in those moments of temptation you find yourself leaning into sin, what Paul is saying is that you are deceived because that is not your identity. That's not the brand new you that you've been promised. That's not who you are. 
That's not Christ in you. Man, sin is deceiving you. And he goes on, and he continues on in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. He says, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about these things that please the Spirit. So you got those things of the flesh, and now you've got those things of the Spirit. And look at what he says going back to the book of Colossians in chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself, you must put on... You must put on, clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, man, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. That's important. Give people space. Give them space. Don't you appreciate it when people give you space? And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself, put on, identify yourselves with love, which binds together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. Always be thankful. And then in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 through 32. But that isn't what you learned from Christ. Since you have learned about Jesus and have learned about the truth that comes from him, throw off the sinful nature and your former way of life, which has been corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature. Created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. And don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands to do good work. And that's really important right now with IRS tax season coming up, right? And then give generously to others in need. You know, if there's anybody that I know that gives themselves generously, I'm going to point a doggone finger this morning. That Bart Lucas is always doing something for somebody else. If If there was a term deacon, if there was a term servant, that's a man right here. His picture. We're going to put picture. There's Bart. He's always serving. And behind him is a woman who's always allowing him to serve. Quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Man. Let me say that again. Let everything you say Be good and helpful. It's living in the Spirit. Let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. You ever brought sorrow? You ever grieved the Holy Spirit because of your actions? I have. I have. Remember, He has identified you as His own. His own. He's your daddy. 
Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander and all kinds of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ Jesus, has forgiven you. And Paul is saying, part of learning whom I truly am is learning to set my mind or establish my identity with the desires of God instead of establishing my identity or my desires of the flesh because there is always a conflict in that place. See, if you're a child of the king, we should be able to identify with these things of the spirit. Now, to help out between the contrast between flesh and spirit, let me just give you three things really quickly. You can write these down, and this is really helpful. I promise you this is really helpful. Number one, the flesh. The flesh encourages me to, to satisfy my appetite. The flesh encourages me to satisfy my appetite. The spirit encourages me to satisfy my soul. You can't even read that. Can you read that up there? Yeah, you can read that. The flesh urges me to satisfy my appetite. The spirit urges me to satisfy my soul. Let me read what the psalmist said in Psalm 63. Uh, and I'll read this in the, in the uh, New International Version. Psalm 63. This is, what he, this is what he said. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With the singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Wow. You ever known an appetite to be satisfied? There's always that next day, isn't there? Satisfy your soul. Appetites are never satisfied. The mind set on the flesh is in need. It is an I want. It is an I give. But the mind that is set on the flesh, the identity is built around self. But the mind that is built and set around the spirit says, I desire to satisfy my soul. And in that place of satisfying my soul, there is a place of rest. And in satisfaction, there is satisfaction in the presence of the Father. I was satisfied yesterday. You know why? Because I was in the presence of my Father. In the midst of all the turmoil, I was okay because I knew whatever took place, God was in control. Even in the midst of Gene's phone call, I was okay. I knew God was in control. Now, peanut butter has a hard time without jelly. Batman has a hard time without Robin. It's hard. You know what I'm saying? But I was okay, and I was satisfied. Because I was in God's presence. Second thing, the flesh is fueled by fear of what might be. The spirit is fueled by confidence in what is instead of being driven by fear. Let me tell you what, the what ifs will drive us crazy. Well, what if, well, what if, and what if over here, and what if over there? And you know what I found out that most of the what ifs are, are revolve around? Most of the what ifs revolve around pride. Most of our what-ifs revolve around pride. 
What if? What if I lose my job? What if the, the money doesn't come in? What if the business deal doesn't go down? What if? But the scripture says, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. In those moments and times when things are, are not working out, God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to hold on because I believe that you are who you say you are. If Brian would have passed away yesterday, does that, def does that defy who God is? No, not at all. Not at all. But I can still have confidence in the fact of who God is. If the bills aren't paid this month, does that mean that God isn't who he says he is? No, it doesn't. Not at all. He is who he says he is. Maybe there's something else that he wants us to see. Maybe there's an experience that he wants us to experience. Maybe there's a deeper part that we need to go in our relationship with him. I have the life of God in me. My eternity is secure. I can trust others. Listen, I can trust others even when they let me down because I trust God. I can love even though I am not being loved in return because I am confident of who holds me. The flesh also pushes me to establish my identity. The spirit encourages me to rest in my identity. The flesh pushes me to establish my identity, to prove who I am, to prove my value and my worth. I have to tell you how great I am. I have to tell you all the things that I've accomplished. I have to look for man's approval. I have to establish myself by what I drive, by where I live, and by where I vacation. I have to create an identity that, create, that impresses other people. But the Spirit encourages me to rest in my identity and who Christ is, and that I'm a child of the King. That a person that is controlled by the Spirit has learned to rest in who they are in their, in their true identity. Sure, I mean, I would love to be able to drive a brand new car, but it doesn't define who I am. Sure, I would like to be able to live in a nice place, but it doesn't define who I am because I know whose I am. And Paul is saying, listen, the mind of the sinful man and the mind of the man who is walking in the Spirit are two different paths headed in two different directions. The flesh, the man living in the flesh leaves God out. The man living in the Spirit puts God at the center of his life. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Verse 6 says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. By the way, if you continue to identify with the flesh, eventually there will be only death in your life. You'll eventually get what you're working towards. <clears throat> if you continue to give yourself over to sin and allow your sinful nature to control your mind, eventually you'll experience death because sin leads to death. <clears throat> Sharon, you got a mint. We'll need one. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And in verse 7, this is what he says. The sinful nature is always hostile towards, towards God. It never did obey God's laws. And it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature. Ah. Under the control of the sinful nature <coughs> can never please God. Station break.
suck on this for just a little bit. You ever had to do that? Feel a tickle coming on. That could be really bad. That could be disastrous. Okay, we're going to be all right. It's just family anyway. I'm so glad my identity isn't what you think about what I, th what I do. I think we've made it. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 9. But you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you. Verse 10. <clears throat> and Christ lives within you, even though your body will die because of sin. The Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. I want you to look at a passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <coughs> it's a great passage. Great passage. I think one of the things we learn as we get older <coughs> is this old body's wasting away, ain't it? It's getting weaker. There comes that point in time, and it's like there's, you sort of, you get over the, over the, we laugh about being over the hill, but it's like over the hump. <clears throat> You're so kind, Brian. Caleb wanted to learn how to throw the shot put. He's going to run track, so I said, son, I got you taken care of. I can teach you how to do that, buddy. So I said, uh, let's find you a shot put. I don't know if you ever tried to find a shot put. It's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. <laughs> I had to order one all the way from Maine. <clears throat> but anyway, so that shot put came in. Man, my mind, I got it going on. Remember what it used to be like? But I just couldn't seem to put the pieces of the puzzle like it used to work. <clears throat> I used to, I can't hop, skip, and jump, and throw like I used to could. It was sort of like a, like a move and a roll and a, and a whatever it was. And Caleb's like, well, Daddy, I thought you used to throw. Well, I used to, son. It was been a long time ago. But I can tell you how to do it. But there's something about this old body that's going to waste away. And let me tell you what, it's a reminder of our sin because sin is death. And every one of us carry that, carry that alongside of us. And this old mortal body one day is going to die. Man, I love this passage of Scripture, though. Because this is what Paul said in 2 Corinthians. That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed day by day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that far outweighs them all, um, far outweighs them all and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, neither, um, uh, rather we fix our gaze on the things we, that cannot be seen. For the things that cannot be seen soon will be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. This old body's going to pass away one day. But my spirit, 
because of my identity in Christ should be renewed day by day by day. And some of the sweetest people that we should know should be those of us that have walked with the Lord for years. If you've walked with the Lord for years, you need to be setting the example. Some of the nastiest people I know are older people that claim to be believers and followers of Christ. It ain't happening, people. It ain't happening. They've just missed out on claiming their identity in Christ. We have no excuse to be nasty. We have no excuse to hold on to bitterness. We have no excuse to be unforgiving. We have no excuse in some of those areas to act, act, like, act like that. Not if we're going to be in Christ, in that new identity, if we're going to hold on to that. We have no excuse. In verse 11, he says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living with inside of you. When that sin begins to raise its ugly head and you feel like you've got to hold on to bitterness or, or you've got to go to that place or you've got to... Um, You've got that issue that's going on, and all of a sudden you want to live outside of control? Well, let me just tell you what, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is that same spirit that lives inside of you and gives you the same power to live and to have power over that desire of flesh. You have the ability to say, no, I'm not going there. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to give that part of my body over as an instrument of sin to serve sin. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to fight on that bitterness. I'm going to fight away with that issue of anger. I'm going to deal with that. And how many times do you go, but you don't know the dysfunctional family that I was brought up in. In verse 12, he says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. That's just the way it is. I have a temper. You're not obligated to act that way. You got a new daddy. A new daddy. And Paul says, listen, you have an obligation. And there's something that you should do because of who you are. And this is the good news. You're no longer under the flesh to obey the lust of the flesh. But you, in fact, have been set free. You are under new management. You are brand new. You're brand new. That's you. Some of you are brand new. Thad, you're brand, you're brand, Jim, you're brand new. You're brand new. You need to live that way. But some of us need to come to grips just like Mia did and come to understand. Man, I'm not a Christian and I'm not brand new because of my actions. I'm not brand new because of my behavior. I'm brand new because of Christ in me. That's why I've been set free. And I don't have to perform for anybody. I am free. And he goes on to say, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. <coughs> for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the sinful nature, you will live for all who are led by the Spirit of God are what? 
children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when you when he adopted you as his own children. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, Daddy. Daddy. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are his. What would happen if we were to see ourselves as God sees us? His children, free, no longer under the penalty, no longer under the power, but now you're under new management in Christ, brand new. And you know where most of the battle is won? Right here. Right here. What would happen if we were to embrace the truth of whose we were and we were to begin to live that way? And when those temptations and those struggles begin to come, all of a sudden we had the ability to say, no, that's not who I am. Because I tell you what, you're not going to see too many fishermen out there on the boat wearing a dress. So if that's so much true, why in the world do we have to see believers, followers of Jesus, acting the way that is contrary to their identity? So let's identify then with what believers really act like according to what the Scripture says or what Paul said are the characteristics of living in the Spirit. And why don't we say, okay, if that's what it looks like, then why don't I begin to try to begin to pattern my life to look that way? And then when those issues begin to come along in life and I'm tempted and I'm struggling with that issue, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is what God's Word says. This is what I'm going to do because I am who? I am a believer. I am brand new. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm going to identify with what Christ says I need to identify with because he is my daddy. He's mine, but is he yours? That I can't answer. But boy, can life change in an instant. I know whose daddy is Brian's daddy. And if yesterday would have been his last breath, as difficult it was, as it would have been, I'd have been okay because I knew who his daddy is. But today's not about him. It's about you. And how are you going to live from these days moving forward? Who is your daddy? Who's your daddy? Ronnie, who's your daddy? <laughs> Scott, who's your daddy? Tim, Todd, who's your daddy? Yeah. Richard, who's your daddy? Troy, who's your daddy? Chris, who's your daddy? Yeah. Who's your daddy? Josh? Yeah. If he's our daddy, we ought to carry his identity. Not only carry his name, not only his namesake, but we are to carry his characteristics.
Would you pray with me today?